Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Neely from Sweat Society Fitness in San Diego, California. What's up, Neely? How are you today? Hi, Bree. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. All right. So I'm excited to dive into the details here. So let's just kind of get started by what it is that made you want to own your own gym. How did you get started initially? Um, well, that is a big loaded question. (laughs) Uh, I've actually always wanted to have my own gym. Um, I was one of those very lucky people who always knew what I wanted to do from a very young age. Um, when I was in about fourth grade, I said, wow, I can do, uh, fitness and nutrition. And I had so much of an interest, um, in nutrition actually, um, And I also grew up doing gymnastics, so the two kind of came together really well. Um, And the goal of mine was always to have uh, my own business, my own studio. Um, Both my parents were um, business owners themselves, so it just sounded like that's what you do. Yeah. (laughs) That's just kind of, that's what I grew up learning is that's what you do. You just have your own business. So that's kind of where I started out. Awesome. I love that. I can relate to that. I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. So it was like, you know, that's just kind of what you grew up in. And then it's like, okay, well, what's my business going to be? Right. Um, So I love that. And, you know, when you're always surrounded by that, by your parents being their own boss, essentially, and having their own company, it's like, it only makes sense. It feels like for you to do the same thing. So, um, all right. So now what does your business model look like? Are you doing one-on-one sessions, semi-privates, groups? How do you structure things within your business? So currently we are just focusing on one-on-one or uh, partner training. Um, I do specialize in personal training, rehab, and also holistic nutrition. So, um, a lot of that is just one-on-one. Um, my business is very catered towards uh, personalization and individualizing every single program, um, what a client needs. So clients typically come in wanting to do personal training and nutrition together because you know a lot of the focus is just improving your overall life, all the different areas. And since both of those work very well together, um, that's, that's what I like to focus on. Absolutely. Yeah, that's perfect. Make uh, kind of like a one-stop shop for everything that people need as far as reaching their goals goes. And that's important. We know nutrition is super important as far as reaching goals goes. So love that. Uh, Now, how many clients are you currently working with at your facility? Oh gosh, I don't know how many exactly clients, but I do about 20 sessions a week, 20 or more sessions a week. Um, So it's, you know, that's also just in person, you know, that's not necessarily behind the scenes work either. (laughs) There's Mm -hmm. always behind the scenes work, um, checking in with clients and um, creating nutrition programs and everything like that. So um, I'm about 20 hours in studio um, with clients. And that is, like I said, either for nutrition, either personal training or rehab. Got it. Okay. All right. So 20 hours in the studio uh, working with clients. 
uh, always stuff that happens on the back end as well, preparing for clients. So there's that aspect as well. But as far as getting the word out there about what it is that you do to reach more people, to help more people, how do you go about that aspect? Um, well, that's always been, um, that's always been a hard thing to figure out. Uh, marketing is always one of those hard things to do, especially as a business owner, you're not only in studio, but you're also having to do all the, the backend marketing stuff. Um, currently I do Yelp, uh, ads, um, and a lot of, uh, a lot of my clients just come through word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, I all get, you know, a wife in and she'll eventually bring her husband or, um, friends come in, roommates, um, mothers and daughters, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of, a lot of just word of mouth. That's kind of the best way to do it. Okay. At least in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So lots of word of mouth. So word of mouth is fantastic <clears throat> because a lot of times these people already come in being the type of people that you want to add to the community. Um, they tend to fit in really well. They tend to sign up pretty quickly. The only negative aside of that typically is that it's not super reliable or trackable. So on a monthly basis, it's very hard to rely on the fact that we can see X amount of people walk in the door, which is going to convert into a certain amount of memberships. And just as far as growth goes, sometimes it makes it really challenging to track that. Um, so is that something that you've seen? And then on the flip side of that, I always like to have multiple poles in the water at all times, I like to say, as far as the advertising piece goes, just in case, you know, the word about the referral slow down a little bit, we've got something else to rely on. So how does that look for you? Yeah, so actually, um, because of COVID, we initially we're doing a lot of group fitness classes. And um, when COVID happened, we basically cut down just focusing on one-on-one uh, -on -one training. Um, but what I would do uh, previously when we did have group fitness classes, we did monthly events with our community, mm -hmm. which were actually amazing um, events, amazing programs. So that brought in a lot of the, um, a lot of clients that wanted to kind of do one-off um, one-off experiences just to kind of get a feel for our training, get a feel for my style, um, get a feel for the community. And a lot of that actually helped to generate a lot of my current clients because previously they were uh, girls, I have guys too, but um, girls that would come in for group fitness classes. Mm -hmm. um, and now actually people post COVID, people are actually, I think, looking more for that one-on-one, -on -one, not being in a big group, um, closed doors, you know, small area with a lot of people. So um, a lot of my clientele that did come for group fitness actually came back to me for private sessions. Got it. Okay. So now if you were able to get a sustainable system in place and kind of figure out the, the marketing piece for a sustainable flow of leads, how do you think that would benefit the business itself? Well, obviously that would be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, like I said, I do do a lot of Yelp ads mm -hmm. and um, in my personal experience, I think the Yelp ads helped the most. Um, for a short, short time, I did Instagram and Facebook ads. However, um, I found Yelp to be a little bit more direct 
um, because people are actually searching personal training in San Diego um, or nutrition in San Diego. Uh, whereas Instagram and Facebook, even though you can cater uh, your, your ads to specific um, clientele or groups, um, it, it was a little bit too overly flooded for me. So um, not specific enough. Um, I think that the Yelp ads actually has worked really good for me. I get um, a few new clients each month, which is always good. Um, and, you know, and clients always kind of drop off a little bit too or go on vacation for, you know, a few weeks. So always having that good influx of um, new clients definitely helps. Yeah. Um, that's been my experience. And like I said, I think having people write regular reviews on your Yelp ads that kind of helps are on your Yelp page that also kind of helps build up, um, you know, that actual real feedback from people. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, word of mouth too really helps because it's, it's a true uh, referral. So mm -hmm. if I could, you know, if I could have that keep going, then yeah. have it keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So now I always love to ask about either bottlenecks or key challenges within the business. So what are some of the bottlenecks or key challenges that you're currently facing within the business? We all have some. Um, everybody definitely. There's, there's obviously um, little tidbits of challenges here and there. Um, I think... One thing that I personally experience a lot of trouble with, with clients is you get people in the door, which is great. Um, and I always focus on trying to build a bond with clients. Mm -hmm. However, um, I think one struggle is that you try and give people the advice and suggestions and sometimes they take it and sometimes they don't. And, um, you know, in my experience, I, I want to help in all the areas and especially in nutrition, for me, um, you know, you give people advice on nutrition and they don't always take it. There's a lot to have, there's a lot to have to combat against, um, in the nutrition marketing field, you know, what something is marketed, um, on with a certain diet or a certain food item that's healthy or not. When you kind of say to people, Hey, you know, that's not so healthy. Don't listen to that marketing. It might be a little bit more of a struggle for them to, trust you to try and change. Um, I think that's a definitely struggle that I, that I go about with. However, with my clients, I'm always very supportive. So I always tell them, I say, I will give you the advice. It is up to you to take it and do with it what you choose, right. um, what works best for you. But I think kind of overcoming a lot of what the industry puts out there um, is the hardest thing. Um, yeah. because I'm working with clients in a very personalized manner mm -hmm. and one size does not fit all. It's not every diet, you know, everybody should do intermittent fasting. There are specific things where people, specific reasons and people shouldn't be doing that. And mm -hmm. to try and have to educate people and, um, teach them to me, that's the hardest part in my business right. because sometimes yeah. people don't want to hear it. They like their fad diets and they don't want to hear it. And so sometimes if you don't mesh with them, they will go somewhere else. And that is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to find people at the right time in their life when they're ready to change and listen mm -hmm. and take advice. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a little bit to build that trust, you know, uh, provide changes for your clients to make and then 
once they do trust you, they do make those changes and then little things kind of add up along the way until you fully gain their trust. And once you've really gained that trust, then that's where those long-term relationships come into play. Uh, but sometimes it's a little bit challenging in the beginning to break down some of those barriers, break down some of the beliefs that people have surrounding certain things, especially diet and nutrition, you know. Um, but once you do, that's where that long-term relationship tends to happen. So speaking of long-term relationships, how has retention been for you? What does retention look like? So exactly what you just said, when you're able to build that bond with clients, um, that long-term retention becomes easy mm -hmm. and um, you build a, a nice relationship with clients. So I actually very much focus on building my relationship with my clients. Mm -hmm. um, when I previously did group fitness classes, reaching out to clients um, to make it, you know, see how they feel after they, um, after they did a class or even now with my personal training clients, texting my clients directly after each session that I see them and then texting them again later in the week to keep them accountable is one of the biggest things that I do to personalize my relationship with my clients. Um, like I said, I work not just with personal training, but also with their um, nutrition and their everyday life. So I want to know what's going on throughout the week with them. Um, I really like to try my best to understand what their habits are leading up to where they are now and um, how they're faring every week, you know, throughout the week, um, especially when things happen, you know, stressful work situations and so on and so forth, that if I can help them through those moments in time, then that just helps build the bond. Um, I've had clients that have been with me for five plus years. Um, I've had clients that right off the bat, they come in and within the first week or two, I can feel that we have such a good bond and relationship already. Mm -hmm. um, so retention is, is really based on the, the people. And, um, and I think also my effort that I put in trying to build that, um, yes. I have really good, I have, most of the clients that I have, have been with me for a long time and hopefully will stay for a long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that accountability piece, you know, just reaching out to people, keeping them on track, that goes a long way as well, you know, because above anything else, typically that's what people really need is somebody cheering them on, uh, holding them accountable to actually show up, get their workouts done, follow their nutrition plan, you know, get their wins and on time, make sure that they're on track to actually reach those goals. So those are, um, some really good kind of pointers as far as retention goes. Very important. Now, as far as big picture goes, so I always love to ask about a unicorn goal, I call it. So like in a perfect world, your dream for the business, what is that? Kind of paint that picture for us. Um, in all honesty, I am at my dream right now. I have great clients. I have a, an amazing studio. Um, it's in a great location. And um, I've actually pulled back a lot from my business uh, pre-COVID. So um, having it focused solely on personal training clients and nutrition clients one-on-one -on -one is pretty much the greatest thing ever. My clients um, are very appreciative and really value what I offer them. And once again, they value the relationship and the bond that we have. Um, I'm really where I'm at right now. 
I, I'm so happy with where I'm at right now. Um, obviously, if we can always get more clients, that's great. Um, but I also don't want to overwhelm myself with too many clients. Mm -hmm. um, I really like to be able to focus my energy and attention on them so I don't burn myself out. Mm -hmm. um, that's a big thing that has happened in the past um, with doing group fitness classes. And mm -hmm. I previously was doing group fitness and personal training and corporate fitness. Um, and so I was running around from five o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night, just like, you know, right. you had said that you've done in your business yeah. and, um, it's very easy to, to get overwhelmed. And, um, and I feel like focusing all the energy and attention on the people that show up for you, um, helps you show up better yourself. So yes. I'm very happy with where I'm at. Um, I have a, uh, my lease is expiring at my current studio in another year and a half. So maybe just move to a different location um, or uh, find a different studio, but I, I love my studio. Good. That's <laughs> so awesome. I'm very happy with where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And do you have other trainers that work out of your facility as well, or is it just you? So, um, it is just me right now. I do rent out my studio, um, for anybody that wants it. Um, currently I don't have anybody renting it out right now. Um, I previously had employees and, um, independent contractors and instructors. Um, they were amazing. Um, I had one, uh, one, one instructor previously who had been with me for years, um, she has gone on to do her own training in her own facility now. Um, but right now it's just me and I kind of love it that way. Yeah. It's simple, right? <laughs> it really is simple. I'm such a minimalist. And so simplifying my business approach and simplifying, um, the people I interact with is just a weight off your shoulders in Absolutely. so many ways. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So now one thing I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own gym, uh, owning their own facility, kind of going their own way, what would that be? What is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned along the way? Wow. That is a great question. Um, there's so many things yes. <laughs> um, as a business owner, there's so many things I could tell them. Um, I have to say, um, I have to say one thing for me that I learned the most was kind of, like I said, building the bond with building the bond and putting your, your positive energy out there. Um, you obviously have to have heart in this business. It is, it can't, you can't lead with ego at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but you also have to have a good business sense. It takes both. I feel like so many people um, feel like I love working out, so I'm going to become a trainer. And there's so much more to it than that. Um, you have to be able to read people from the psychological and emotional side. Um, these people are, you're putting their life in your hands. Um, ego cannot be involved at all whatsoever. They have to trust you completely and you have to be there for them completely. Mm -hmm. um, if you make it about yourself, I, it, I don't see personally um, how you can be successful in helping them reach their goals. Mm -hmm. So I think you definitely have to have a good heart and passion, um, but you also have to have a good business sense. Um, and I mean that by... Yes, you love what you do, but 
have an education in how to manage the finances, have an education in, like you said, how to structure your business. Mm -hmm. Granted, there can be highs and lows, and it might take time to figure out what works best for each individual personally and each business owner personally. But um, have a good business sense. Learn as much as you can um, on the business side of things. Because once you start to look at numbers, um, it, it opens your eyes a ton. Like I said, I used to do group, fit, group fitness classes and the money that I would spend paying instructors, I personally would have to work double the classes and the clients just to pay off my instructors who weren't filling their classes. So I was filling my classes and doing back to back just to cover the cost of the instructors um, who weren't filling their classes. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's one of those things when you really look at the numbers, it gives you good insight into, wow, business is hard. Um, and I bootstrapped my business. So I am, like I said, very much of a minimalist. I'm not an overspender. Um, and um, I counted every penny. So it was one of those things where I, I took my business very slow um, in, in its growth, but I got to where I am now and, and I'm very happy with it. Yes, absolutely. And one point that you made there that really stood out to me was the ego side of things. You know, a lot of times people have trouble separating their ego from the business, you know, and that tends to be something that gets in the way very often, whether it be, you know, not knowing something and not looking or asking for help from somebody who has been there and done that to save you time, to save you money. Um, or, you know, just kind of getting in the way of your relationships between you and your clients and your certain ideas around certain things, you know, ego tends to get in the way very often. So, you know, keeping in mind to keep that out of the game is very, very important. Definitely a good, good point there for sure. Yeah, unfortunately, I feel like there's so many trainers out there, and obviously not everybody, um, but I do feel like there's so many people that came into this business because they just woke up one day and said, I love working out for myself. I'm going to be a trainer. And Absolutely. Mm -hmm. it is 100% not that easy. There is so much psychology and um, understanding in people's habits that you have to work through um, to, to help them. Um, and one thing I hate doing, and I shouldn't say this, but I hate when I see other trainers recording videos of their clients while they're working out. And to me, I take it as, why are you taking the attention off the client? And why are you putting it on you for your marketing reasons or your, your own purposes? Mm -hmm. That's one thing I just, I can't stand. <laughs> so um, focus on your clients. That's, that's mm -hmm. the one thing that I got to say, focus on your clients. Yes, absolutely. Those relationships are super important. You know, those are your business. Your clients are your business. So nothing more important than that. All right. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Um, I am at Sweat Society Fitness um, on Instagram. Um, and my website is um, sweatsocietyfitness.com. Um, those are the two places that you can find me. <laughs> All right, perfect. So pretty straightforward there. Awesome. All righty. So Neely from Sweat Society Fitness in San Diego, California. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you, Bria. I truly appreciate you. Thanks.
Absolutely. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Brandon Weirig, owner of No Name Athletics in Piqua, Ohio. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Excited to have you on. Let's jump right into it. Tell us what No Name Athletics is all about. Uh, no Name Athletics is all about just giving, well, our, our slogan is giving athletes the tools to write their own story. As the, the years kind of go on, we're open. It's kind of becoming just giving anybody the tools to write their own story. So we just want to kind of reach out to as many people as we can and just help change their quality of life. Awesome. Awesome. I love that kind of uh, evolving mission statement and being open to, uh, you know, making the biggest impact you can. So we're going to get into what you all are doing there now and what the future is looking like. You got a bunch of cool stuff going on, but give us a little bit of background on you as a as a trainer, your, your world of athletics, and then how the business came to be. So I uh, graduated high school in 13, kind of realized that my, uh, my sports career was over, but didn't really want it to be over. So I went to uh, Bowling Green State University and uh, obtained a bachelor's degree in exercise science and a food science and nutrition minor. Four, four years of college there, did some internships, kind of went out of state, did an internship in Michigan. Uh, like our main thing was sports performance wasn't a paid internship. So I had to pay the bills. So my, uh, my payment was basically a 5am adult fitness class for predominantly women. So that's kind of how I really got into the, uh, the general pop style of training, started out my career there, learned as much as I could for six to nine months. And then, uh, moved back home, took a strength conditioning job in Dayton, was there three or four years, and then ended up having the opportunity to start up my own thing here in Piqua with no name athletics. So Awesome. So this is, this has kind of been your path. It, it seems like it's been destined for a long time. So um, you, you get the plan together to start no name. Um, it's you in a, in a couple of partners. So how did, how did the idea come together? What brought you guys together? Uh, tell me a little bit about what, what they bring to the table and, and how you figured out that this was going to be a, a partnership you wanted to be in. Yeah. So we, uh, we've known each other from, since we were in high school, we went, we were rivals in high school. Uh, we kind of branched off whenever we went to college. Uh, he was a big D1 football player. She was a big D1 softball player. They ended up getting married. Uh, when they, he came back home after college, I ended up doing his uh, NFL combine training. So uh, we kind of got after it there. And then his wife stayed. We did uh, some training together with the gym we were currently at. And then COVID hit. And then we kind of met uh, Brandy and Chad, who were at the time the owner of the CrossFit Piqua, and they were talking about this expansion and bringing this stuff to Piqua. So we, opportunity came knocking, so we just took advantage of it. And then we just kind of always clicked since then, like our philosophies kind of match up. But at the same time, we have our different aspects that kind of lead to some competitive communication things. So, and that's uh, one thing that it's 
there's a lot of broad things in this uh, business. So it's always good to see other people's views. Yeah. So there's, there's an interesting dynamic there. Um, you share um, not a space, but you're in the same building as CrossFit Piqua. So they were there and, it, you know, generally speaking, um, CrossFit is, you know, mostly gen pop group fitness adults. Um, you know, some do some personal training, some do some semi-private there's, there's a mix and match. So if you're a CrossFit gym owner on there out here, don't, don't get triggered. We're just speaking generally where your niche has mostly been in youth athletics, right? Youth into young adult athletics. Yeah. We go from, I think our youngest one is eight, just kind of building some structure play style for our youth. And then we go all the way up to the pros, middle school, high school, college. Yeah. So one of the things we see a lot is you'll get a strength and conditioning facility, you know, try to add in, you know, adult group fitness or weight loss or something like that, or, you know, something like a sports, uh, a CrossFit or boxing gym or, or some other type, try to add in a youth athletics program. Um, and unless they have someone else who's really passionate, really good about executing it, it usually isn't, it never gets fully fleshed out. So mm. if you being in the same building, being able to cross refer, how do you think that that synergy has kind of helped you, like whether it's staying in a niche or develop some of the programs, how do you feel like uh, you've taken advantage of that? I think it's two totally different things. We, we uh, if you think of the, we, they just had the CrossFit open a couple weeks ago. Biggest thing about CrossFit is, is you don't know what you're doing, you know, the day before the event. So like your programming is, I consider random. I mean, you have no idea. It's, you're doing one thing and then you're doing something completely different and there's no like structure. It's where when you're in, in sports performance or gen prop or gen pop, certain, you know, they got diabetes or certain things like that. You got to kind of let that be more, a little bit more structure. I know CrossFit has all these modifications, things like that. But if you're looking for a certain goal, that's where I think they separate the most. So that's where we, uh, we kind of, our selling point is that to where, I mean, you know, this, uh, it's a high energy thing. Probably the process of Pickwood is a great thing over here. They have their niche. We have our niche. And then if they're looking for whatever they're looking for, we got no problem sending them their business and then vice versa with us. Yeah. I was going to say, it's, it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity for cross referral where you could have, you know, someone bringing their teenage, you know, high school, you know, football player, to you to get trained and I don't know, let's say they're, you know, they're there for an hour or 90 minute session with you, you know, if mom or dad or older brother or sister, whoever's bringing them, they're already there. They're already in the business they're, you know, but like, Hey man, like I'm thinking about doing some fitness stuff too. Maybe not that focus where you'd be like, Hey, go see those guys at CrossFit Piqua yeah. or, or vice versa. You could have some parents that are like, Hey, can you train little Johnny? You know, he wants to make the basketball team. And they're like, well, we could, but maybe you should go, go see Brandon next door if you really yeah. want to uh, supercharge that for sure. And that's what's that's what's nice about, you know, uh, Caleb over there, he's got his uh, biomechanical engineering degree. So he's not one of those guys that like, oh, yeah, we can we don't try to we're not going to try to make money on something that we're not comfortable with doing things like that. So that's why we kind of combine. We have our classes at the same time. So we have like a big wraparound deck around our uh, facility with like a tiki bar and like couches and stuff for the parents to hang out on nice weather days. So if we got their kids doing uh, one of our training sessions and the parents just kind of sitting on the on the deck watching TV or whatever they may be doing, then all of a sudden just right on the other side of the deck, you just hear this loud music and kind of, you know, the, the gin pop people getting after it. You know, it kind of sparks an eye and they get interested. So it kind of goes back and forth. Got it. Got it. Okay. So 
Um, one of the things that you guys are running into is you got a you got a healthy roster, a few hundred people that you're training, um, you know, through different in season, off season, wherever it may be, um, in not a real big space. You're in about fifteen hundred square feet currently, right? Yes. So I have to imagine the logistics of that. Um, things going to get tight, scheduling, moving stuff around. I mean, you can be outdoors some of the year in Ohio, but but not year round. So. How have you how have you tackled that so far, and and at what point did this lead you towards this this big expansion that you're part of? So, like you said, we have an outdoor facility. Only can use it a certain amount of the year. Uh, beautiful thing is a lot of our um, we have we kind of stagger our times up with CrossFit a little bit. So there is a window where we actually kind of let our kids flood over to the CrossFit side. They'll use their barbells, their bumpers, things like that, and vice versa. If the CrossFit gets too big, they can use our dumbbells, plates, things like that. So we do a pretty good job of connecting there uh we have a decent amount of we got anywhere if we got all together we have like seven racks so we kind of break up our no one's on the same program so like we have obviously if you have an in season out of season we don't do like sports specific training but there is certain aspects like baseball players and uh, overhead athletes we kind of switch up certain movements so they're on kind of different phases of blocks and not every, it's not like a whiteboard per se where every athlete does the same exact thing. So we have 25 kids in the class. Not every 25 kid is using a squat rack and it's breaking up into five, six different kids flowing like that. Each kid's on like almost their individual sheets. So like the one we try to split them up, all right, we got a kid that comes in three days a week. Day one is a lower day. Day two is an upper day or push pull, whatever it is, kind of vice versa. We have the free range to just kind of switch one kid on day one, if they need the rack, and then another kid on day two, if he kind of starts out with dumbbells or things like that. So it kind of flows pretty uh, smooth that way. I mean, it's it's still hard. So that's kind of where this expansion is coming in. We're kind of building this South uh, Town Recreation Campus. So it's going to be around about a, a million to $1.5 million expansion. Uh, we're going to end up pretty much doubling our size in uh, space. Pretty much our whole building is to become a weight room. Then we're going to have a full turf room. They'll be uh, kind of expanding on our outdoor facility. They'll be almost 70 yards, like an indoor-style arena football, outdoor turf area, basketball courts, handball. Um, and then CrossFit's going to kind of get its own space. And then we'll end up adding another building where it's going to be kind of the gym pop key card access. We don't have to have uh, – because right now, one of our gym pop guys is going to be in here at 5 a.m. before work. Uh, I got to be here at the same time just so you can open up, have access to the building so that I kind of be able to reach more people with that 24-hour style fitness. Got it. So as this expansion happens, um, right now, I my understanding is you and the CrossFit are both tenants of the building that you're in, in your separate businesses though, correct? Yes. Yep. So as this expands, is it just going to, is it going to be the same thing where you're still your own business, you're a tenant in a bigger facility, um, but you know, there's less separation between the businesses. Is the, the space going to be adjacent? Like how did that work out logistically with the addition of um, this kind of 24 hour thing getting added in too? Is that going to be yet another business? Um, are you all sharing access? It, it sounds like it's very advantageous, but also like sorting out who's where could be a little tough. So what does that look like? Yeah, so we're still going to have like our own individual things. Like I said, I think we have, we separate our niches very well. We simply do sports performance and some gym pop things that don't want to 
we kind of focus on the people that maybe just have getting ready for surgery, need to lose some weight, have to have a little bit more structure, um, things like that. Whereas, you know, I think CrossFit is CrossFit. There's really no way to kind of to get around it. That's kind of the way I've always looked at it. Then you just have people that just are, they don't want to, if you go to an anytime fitness and all they have is, or a planet fitness and all they have is um, weights up to 75 pounds and you only have Smith machines and we're going to kind of put a, a, with our other trainer, Alex Trotter, he works out with uh, that West side barbell. So he's going to kind of start his own powerlifting team. So he's kind of got a crew that he already runs with. So they're going to kind of be in their own, almost in the uh, one side of the adult fitness or the gin pop place. I think they're going to end up calling it like atomic fitness. So everything's going to have its own niche. And we're always going to kind of feed off of that. Very cool. Very cool. So you said your space is, is going to about double um, as you, as you go into that space, I'm sure some of it is just going to be nice to have the freedom and, and bring it over your current clientele, but also there's some, that's going to give you room to continue to grow and expand your business in yes. that space. Correct. Yes. So with that, um, with CrossFit doing a lot of, a lot of gin pop, a lot of group fitness, weight loss, things like that there and, and you guys having that synergy, are you, are you mainly going to be focused on continuing to expand the sports performance, that training side of things, or are you going to add any other niches there? Where do you feel like uh, your biggest opportunity is in, in your biggest fulfillment? Oh yeah. My main focus is sports performance right now. Like it's to the point where like there's not enough hours in the day. Like I get here at 5.00 AM and I don't leave to go home until about 9.30 in the PM with the summertime. It's a little easier, but with like kids in school, people at work, I try to fill all my spots up with, with sports performance. But then if I have the, uh, the time slot to, to take on a gin pop person, then I'll, I'll take it on. Yeah. And are, are you going to be needing a bit, because this is a thorn in the side of, of almost everybody we talk to these days, do you feel like you're going to be needing to add more staff to help you as you grow that side? Also, uh, there's only so much branding to go around, right? Yeah. yeah. So, well, uh, we're kind of hitting that right now. Like we have a couple high schools that want to take us on to fulfill some sports performance class. Cause you know, we're, I think I, I graduated with 33 kids in my class. So high schools are kind of small. Some of yeah. the bigger high schools around here, they got, you know, they got the five, 600, 700 kids in, in the class, but still not like the, the big, you know, thousand to uh, 1200 kids in a class. So they don't really have the the money almost to hire on a full-time friends conditioning coach, but the kids are, their teams are starting to realize that's going to be a huge priority in their, uh, their success, their sport teams. So there's about three or four high schools kind of looking to add us on. So we just actually started up an internship program that we're going to start this summer. Give these kids or these now college graduates or, you know, seniors, juniors in um, college to get some real experience in this field. And then once they graduate, see where it goes and hopefully hire on some of these people that have been running with us for a year or two. So you're, you're, are you actively reaching out to certain local colleges and universities that you're trying to handpick some of these people or you have people coming to you. What's that flow look like? We've had like a lot of our athletes, they kind of see what we do. They kind of, kind of help them almost want to get in this field. So mm -hmm. it's been kids that I've been working with since they were, you know, juniors in high school and now they're senior or juniors in college. Um, we actually have uh, an exercise phys down at Wright State University, a professor that brings his kids in. So we actually had the opportunity to go in and teach or uh, guest lecture a class 
at a, a D1 university right down the road. So that kind of helped out. And he kind of says, okay, this guy's got potential. They kind of see that he's kind of more guided to exercise or the strength conditioning portion of it, a little bit less of the physical therapy portion of it. So it's all about connections. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's cool to think about, you know, the fact that some people that you had as athletes that you trained um, who may, you know, they may have had whatever their dreams and goals were of being a mm. professional athlete or high level athlete. But at some point, you know, the career path stops, you know, not every sport has a, a fully fleshed out opportunity there or you know, things happen. People get injured. They don't, they don't mm. get to a certain level, but knowing that you instilled in them, like, Hey, if I don't become a pro or I don't become, you know, a, a coach at a college level, like at strength and conditioning is something that I've found fulfilling so if I can continue to give that to more people. So, so there's an inspirational uh, component to what you're doing there too, to a degree. Oh yeah. You don't, don't really think about it too much, but there's a huge impact you make, not on the kids, but also people, you know, you, as a, like the people that the gin pop, for example, all of a sudden, you know, you're, you stop playing sports at high school at 17, 18, 19 years old. And all of a sudden you just stop moving. Like you got 75% of your life left and you're just going to kind of start settling now. So, I mean, that's, I'm only 27, but, you know, you, you see kind of the people that I graduated with, how they've kind of, you know, fallen off and then kind of leading into bad habits. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're 30, 40, 50 years old and got all these health issues and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the most common answers on the gen pop fitness side of things are people like, you know, uh, I don't, you know, I want to feel like I'm in shape again. All right, cool. When was the last time you felt like you were in decent shape? High school, college? You yep. know, and it's like, you know, I, I was, I was pretty, you know, pretty, I was a kid, I was pretty fit in, in high school. And then if they played college sports, they carry it through. If they don't play sports in college, then usually it's like, oh, well, I gained weight in college and then kept it on and just added to it. So there's, there's a lot there. And it's, so. it's kind of, uh, you have all these kind of, not kids that get fresh out of college, you know, they put on the 15, 20 pounds, or even some of the 40, 50 year olds that have like this certain desire. They want to be able to do certain things. They want to have this certain look and it's an athletic look and it's an athletic movement. So I pretty much have a decent amount of gym pop people that I train just like I would a football player. I mean, if you want to have these certain goals and you're not going to be able to do a bodybuilding style workout and reach those goals. So if you want to virtually be an athlete and gym pop, then you have to train like one. Yeah, for sure. So one of the, the things that comes up a lot when we speak to, you know, gyms who are heavily sports performance and deal with a lot of youth is seasonality. And sometimes that's because it's niche sports. Um, sometimes it's, it's just, you know, the nature of different areas. So for you, do you see a lot of seasonal variability in your business with the sports performance? And, and if so, what do you do to try to even that out as best you can? Yeah, there's a pretty big um, seasonal thing. Like summertime, obviously, college kids are home. It's, it's swamped in here. Uh, my fall, I kind of have a, a decent drop-off in football kids with two-a-days, and their practices going four, five, six hours a day. So fall is kind of our, our slower time. Um, try to balance that off with as many baseballs and basketball kids as you can. Uh, actually, I think our springtime is our most consistent training kids our track softball baseball um with the weather in ohio it could be like yesterday or saturday it was snowing today it's 65 so like the cancellations and things like that so it's a little bit more easier for kids to kind of work around their schedule to get in here but we just have so many uh kids that continue to do the in-season training 
continue, continue to start seeing results. So that's kind of a big selling point for us. And then the huge thing is, is they don't ever talk about in school is just like making a connection with these kids instead of asking them first question that we ask them is how was practice or how was your game? You just kind of ask them how they are as a person, build the connection with them. And then they just want to keep coming back. Yeah. I think that's, that's a great way to look at it is, you know, people, people first athlete second, like we're all, we're all human. We all have different things. And some mm-hmm. days their biggest excitement may be coming to train with you. And some days, you know, it, it, it may have been, you know, it could be anything, right. A kid, kid could have, you know, a, a big test or something like that. That was a letdown and they need a, they need to get scooped back up a little bit. So yeah, people, people first and, and then their athletes. So, um, we, we talked a lot so far about your foundation, your background, what you're doing, even this, this expansion that you're doing. Um, and that's, you know, that's coming down the pipeline real soon. Uh, what other goals do you have for yourself, um, you know, as a coach, as a business owner, um, and for no name, you know, going, going down the road, you know, three, five, 10 years, is it multiple locations? Is it doing more, you know, satellite coaching on like high school, college campuses, things like that. Where do you, where do you want to see it go? Uh, um, it's, uh, we, I mean, we started this business three years ago. I mean, we were already talking about an expansion after year one, one and a half. So we had kind of like this, this five, 10 year plan. And then all of a sudden the five, 10 year plan got cut down to a one to two year plan. It's kind of how fast we exploded. So it's kind of, it's already hard to kind of picture like out, out there. Uh, for me personally, I just, I want to kind of sit right here. Uh, I love the the group. I don't think I'm ever going to give that away because like I don't you, do the youth class right now. And when the youth kids come in, you know, it's kind of you can spark some conversations with them, give them a fist bump, you know, ask them how they're doing, things like that. But I don't really know them on the personal level like I do the kids that I work with in the group. So that's something that I don't think I'm ever going to foresee I thought I was going to want to eventually kind of give the group up, start doing a little bit more like the pro style training on the off season, kind of work one-on-one with them. But uh, I think that that's something I don't think I'm ever going to be able to, to give up. Um, with this expansion, I just want to be able to reach out to as many kids, as many people as I can to help build their quality of life. Uh, there's some kids in here that they can't afford training. So we just kind of, all right, you know, you keep your grades up, come in here, get your work in. And this is kind of their ticket almost out of, the, out of the town, kind of, you know, be able to ever go to college instead of having to, you know, once high school's over, you know, you go to your factory job, work the typicals, nine to five, things like that. But giving these kids a chance to uh, get out to college and, you know, see the world. So that's kind of where I want to keep seeing this thing go. We've got a couple of nonprofits going on right now to kind of get some of these underprivileged, underprivileged kids a chance to come train with us and things like that. Yeah. So for you, it sounds like no matter how big the business grows, you're going to want to have your hands in it, be involved with the training, not really lose direct. You know, it doesn't mean you have to do it all, but you're going to want to keep some kind of uh, feet on the ground, you know, hands in it, working with the kids directly for, for as long as you can. Yeah. Well, I said like graduated with 33 kids. We didn't have a strength coach, you know, we we're kind of go to some random gym and just you see what you see on Instagram. So you try to start doing these stupid things that are dangerous. It's just going to get you hurt. So just try to give these kids as quality as, as training or even adult fitness as quality of training as you can. Got it. All right, cool. So we are running short on time, but, but there's one question that I want to get. Um, you've been doing this for a while. You have, you know, some, some pretty big goals, a lot of things going on. Um, not that you necessarily would change it or trade what you have, but is there anything you'd like to go back 
tell your younger self something you wish you knew sooner or did sooner as far as everything you've done so far? Oh yeah. It's uh, it's not a one size fits all uh, business. You know, there's just because there's, you know, five different ways to get to the same solution. It's not just a one way street. So just kind of expanding on my, or other people's thoughts, you know, I was, when I was first in this thing, I learned one way. So I thought that was the one way to do it. You know, you kind of get in the game a little deeper. It turns out, you know, there's five or six different ways to do it and then uh, learn their different ways and then kind of just build off my philosophy with their philosophy and then just try to combine them together and see what happens. Got it. All right, man. So last question, this is going to be an easy one. If our listeners are out there, if they want to check you out, look at more about no name, what you have going on down there in Ohio, where can they find you? We're on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at no name athletics. Uh, we even have a website, no name athletics.com. So uh, yeah, come check us out. Check it out. Check out Brandon, see what they're doing down there. If you're in the area, check them out in person. Brandon, I appreciate your time today. It's been a pleasure Thank having you. you, sir. I wish you continued success. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, man. And to everyone out there listening, we appreciate you. Thanks for being here with us for another episode. We hope you found value and inspiration. If you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Lords Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Alan Langford of Athletic Body Mechanics, coming to you from Friendswood, Texas. Alan, what's going on, man? How are you today? Good, good. How are you? I am doing very well. I'm excited to to pick your brain on this and, and see what you guys have going on and, and why you chose to do things that way. But before we get into the nitty gritty, the, the strategies and the tactics, tell us a little bit about the facility and, and the business in the first place. What, what, when you describe this to people, what do you tell them? Uh, I tell them that we are athletic training facility uh, where we focus on building up athletes uh, primarily, uh, but now we have transitioned to fitness in the general population uh, where now we are looking for anyone who is trying to get fit, get in shape, um, who's looking to uh, take their fitness level and their fitness goals to a new level. Um, so now we are reaching out to those individuals and trying our best to uh, affect a lot of people um, in this area. So that's kind of where we are right now. It has changed a long way, um, but 
um, that's how we started out. Yeah. And so a couple of different evolutions, take us a little bit back into the past for a moment. When did this all get started? What, what made you think, Hey, I think I want to open up my own business. Um, so my background is, um, I played uh, football in the NFL. So I played for the university of Wisconsin. Um, and then after I played football for the university of Wisconsin, um, I was training for the NFL and uh, when I was training for the NFL, that was probably my, um, that was probably the first time I realized I might want to uh, get in this space of training and athletic training. Um, then after uh, training for the NFL, got a shot with the Buffalo Bills. Once that didn't work out, uh, I was immediately on what was next. Like what's the next thing to do? Um, I knew I didn't want to go into uh, the coaching side as far as, um, the public sector of coaching, um, being a coaching college, I knew um, I didn't like not having control of what I was doing. Um, so I knew that was not going to be the route. So the next best thing for me was uh, to work individually with athletes. Uh, and I thought that would be the move for me. So um, following, um, I want to say 2010, 2011, when I decided I was done with football, um, I started to make moves to uh, position myself to be able to open up my own facility and to train um, athletes. Very so cool. uh, from there, I went ahead to do a couple of internships at a couple of different places to gain more knowledge, to learn a bit more about uh, that side of the business. Uh, and then from there, I started working inside the gyms, um, the, uh, the big box gyms. Yeah. Uh, gained a little bit of knowledge in there, hated every bit of it though, hated every bit of the big box gyms. Um, and then that was another um, another thing that happened that made me realize I'm ready to do my own thing as well. Um, but for the most part, it was uh, the effect I was going to have on kids and able to work with them individually and really be able to help them improve. Um, and so that what led me to yeah. open up my own facility. Yeah, we find that a lot of the time when people open up gyms like this, they've made a couple of other stops. They've been at big box facilities or they've trained on their own independently. And it just isn't what they thought it would be. They think there's a, probably a better way that I could do this in a more organized way. And so I'm going to open up a business. And so here you are 10 years later, right? You've been in the game for a decade. You must be doing something right. You're right. They'll yeah. be around. Talk to us a little bit about, the, the service as it stands now. You sent, you mentioned earlier, a lot of this is based in athletics, right? The performance side of things, but you guys have recently started to dabble into more general population as well. When you, yes. when you deliver this sort of product, how, what's, what is the, what is the model, right? When we're able to say, this is personal training, or this is group training, or this is semi-private training, where do you guys kind of fit in that puzzle? So now we are fitting in the puzzle of group training and the semi-private to individual training. Uh, the one-on-one -on -one training, um, I do offer it. Uh, I'm not the one who currently does it, do it, uh, but I have other trainers who currently do the one-on-one -on -one training. But that's where we are right now. Uh, and even within that group training, um, we now market towards team training. Uh, uh, okay. So um, teams to now get connected with uh, local coaches, uh, whether it be youth coaches or even high school coaches. Um, and so that's where we are right now. Yeah. Anybody that's yeah. spent some time around youth sports or high school weight rooms knows that this is a service that's needed. 
Absolutely. These kids are being taught, if they're being taught anything, typically they're being taught poorly or mm -hmm. in very old school methodologies. And so this is a tremendously large addressable market, but you mentioned getting into even uh, more gen pop and, and regular folks like you and I now yes. who need this sort of help who, who are just as large, if not larger of a market. And so having both of those things really provides for a pretty good and, and fortified business. Now I want to, I want to pick your brain because marketing is an interesting topic here because marketing to a high school athlete and marketing to Mr. and Mrs. Jones, just looking to, to drop a couple pounds and, and look a little bit better. The activities are totally different. And so for you, what are you doing to, to bring in both of those crowds? What, are, what does marketing consist of for this business right now? Oh, wow. So it has evolved as well, the business. Um, obviously when I started, uh, we didn't have things uh, like Instagram and Facebook ads. Yeah. Uh, and those go a long way. Uh, I would say primarily uh, when I'm dealing with the general population and the, uh, you know, normal people who want to just get fit. Um, I use Facebook and Instagram ads a lot uh, and it has worked for me. Um, and then on the mark, on the athletic side, um, a lot of that is face to face. Um, so it, that's me actually getting out, going to some games, talking to people. Um, that's me actually business cards and flyers. Um, those are things that help when it comes to the athletic side. But for the uh, general population side, I'm able to reach more people. Um, Facebook, internet. Yeah. Who's handling yeah. that in your business? Is that you? Yes. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of studying on it as it's been, you know, I mean, growing. Um, they're always doing something new uh, with these ads. And so I'm trying to stay up to date with that um, so that I can reap the benefits of it. Right. And that's that's really the thing. I mean, when we talk to gym owners, typically these are people that started businesses because they were good coaches or because they were good trainers, not necessarily because they have all these business skills that are that are necessary to to run and to grow a business and so you're taking the time and investing the energy and probably some money into developing these skills now how has that been i, I assume that it's somewhat challenging how have your results been in terms of using those things do you feel like you're getting a good a good result on the back end that's a good question. I think it's been a lot of trial and error. So I didn't start off doing it myself. Um, I used to hire someone uh, to do it and um, I was paying out a lot of money for them to do it. And I wasn't yeah. feeling like it's I was not cheap. It's not cheap. Yeah. Like, and I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. Yeah. Um, so then that's when I was like, oh, I'm going to cut that expense. I'm not getting the results I need. I'm spending it out, you know I mean? Paying monthly on this for them to, and they're getting me the views I want, but there was no conversion with this. So um, it, it was just tough. So I oh. felt that I needed to do my own research, but like I needed to learn, listen to some other people from in other industries. And yeah. So that was the main thing for Art. me to not, yeah, you know I mean, not to just stick with just my industry, learning from them. I need to listen to other people in some other industries, hear what they're doing. So anytime I noticed an ad that I kept seeing it over and over and over again, um, I started to do some research on it, find out what they're doing with this, how are they doing it. Uh, that's when I started to, um, you know, slowly start to uh, 
do it myself, figuring out how I do this. And I think I got to a point now where I'm, I'm getting better at it. Um, yeah. you know, and I like being in control. I like being able to see it more myself. And, uh, I'm not listening to a company. This is happening. That is happening. And on my end, I'm like, but I'm not seeing anything from what you're telling me. So yeah, that's kind of, I think it's been definitely trial and error. I think that brings up two points that are really, really important. And one is just when you own a business like this, there's a never ending list of things that we can get a little bit better at, right? We can always improve. We can always do a little bit better. And the second point of that is that, that leads, leads are wonderful, but they don't mean anything until they convert into a client, right? Just having brand awareness doesn't do anything for us until this person signs on the dotted line as a paying customer. And so once we get that lead, take me to the next step in the process, right? We get a lead from Facebook or Instagram or even referral, walking off the street, whatever. Walk us through that process from lead generation to sales conversion. What happens from, from your perspective and from the client's perspective? Yeah. So from like a Facebook uh, lead, um, then starts the conversation. Once it starts the conversation and, and Facebook, sometimes I found out that, you know, because I'm in a city where the city of Houston is pretty big. It's like very, very big. And uh, it takes a long time to get from one place to the next place. So even though I target ads to my certain area, even then sometimes somebody may be attracted to my uh, ad and comment on the ad and want to actually come in and see it, but they're across town, so they're not going to come see it. Um, so for the most part, we start with the Facebook ad and it starts the conversation. Uh, we find out where they're located to make sure that they're kind of in the same vicinity as the gym. And then we get them to come in and try out and, and do a trial session. Okay. Uh, and then once they come in and do a trial session, then we go through the actual packages, the monthly deals that we have. Uh, and usually from there, that usually converts them once they come in the door. Yeah, now, so you want someone to put their hands the on and, and try it out a little bit before right. having that conversation. Absolutely. Now, anybody who comes into the uh, the gym, to me, they're already sold. So it's, it's easier then once they come in, it's just a matter of um, finding the time that they can come back <laughs> to, yeah. to actually go through the session. So that's, that's really insightful. And, and fitness gets this kind of negative reputation for being pushy or being used car salesy. Yeah. But yes. if people are coming into the facility, they're admitting that they have a problem or that they want to do X, Y, and Z, whatever that goal is specific to them. And so it should be almost our responsibility to make sure that they know everything that we offer and how it can best serve them in their current situation. I don't think that's pushy and there are definitely ways to go about it. And there are definitely ways that it could be perceived as, as shysty or whatever word you want to put on there. But it sounds like in your mind, we're assuming that this person is already a client, right? In, in the fitness industry, I always assume that. So in the fitness, when it comes to fitness, group training or individual training, I always assume as soon as they come in um, that they're already client. Now on the athletic side, it's a little different because sometimes 
parents want to shop around. So the parents want to shop around. They want to they want to see if it's something cheaper. They want to they want to make sure they're working with the actual best guy that they can work with. Is he the best trainer? Is he the best who could help my child? Like you know, what does he specialize in? Does he specialize in speed? Does he specialize in you know agility agility stuff? Does he specialize in skills training? You know what I mean? So parents are looking for different things when it comes to athletics. But in the yeah. fitness industry, if you walk in the door you are already a part of the family. So. Yeah, and, and Alan, I mean, you and I could could talk for hours about dealing with parents and how that sales process differs a little bit, but we'll save that for another podcast another time. Yes. Paint me a picture of the future of this business. What is What is your vision for this? Where are you guys trending? So... My gym is set up, uh, like I've said before, like like a barbershop, so to speak, where I'm having uh, people come in and rent space for it. I have a lot of space. So um, because we have so much space, my goal is to uh, bring on probably two more trainers, independent trainers who would like to come in and rent out the space. Um, and then on my end, I've also transitioned to helping others as well, just like you guys are helping other gym, gym owners. I've been trying to help other trainers come up in the business. Um, so I have partnered with a local community college um, okay. where they send me interns. And in return, I help train those interns, help teach them the business side of it, help teach them how to train. And while they're doing this, they would actually work for me. So it's free. Uh, so it's, it's free for them to work for me. And I'm just giving them the experience. And so that has been good for me. Uh, and so I want to continue that. Yeah. Um, and you have a pipeline of potential time. hires. I have a pipeline of potential hires who will actually run classes and do class for me, who will do one-on-one -on -one sessions for me as well. So that's kind of where I'm trending that. It's more or less bringing more trainers to rent out the space and then train these interns to be able to, um, to be able to train the way I train and train the clients the same way I would train. And then that leads me to working less. Yeah. Spot on, man. Spot on. And that's really the evolution of the gym owner right when you open up of course you're the guy unlocking the doors you're the guy coaching the classes you're the guy cleaning toilets you're the guy doing marketing doing sales and over time we'd like to offload some of those things right and right. and be a true business owner and not just somebody as a business operator and so alan that's probably a pretty good place to to start to wrap this whole thing up um, but before we sign out of here, I want to give you the chance for people to shout out or for you to shout out where people can learn a little bit more about your business. Where is there a website? Is there social media? Where should they go? Yeah. So on Instagram, uh, just athletic body mechanics on Facebook. Uh, you can type in the search bar athletic body mechanics, and then you can Google us athletic body mechanics on our website, athleticbodymechanics.com. Uh, you can check out our website. Um, I definitely encourage checking out. Uh, our Facebook or Instagram, you get a chance to see the facility, see some of uh, some of the workouts that we go through. Um, and then uh, you can get a chance to learn more about uh, what we do here in Southeast Houston, Friendswood to be specific. Yeah, that's perfect. Alan, I really appreciate you sharing a little bit of your experience and, and some insight into athletic body mechanics and, and how you operate this and what you want to do with it moving forward. I think this conversation amongst gym owners and business owners is, is really, really important to figure out what we can do to, to optimize our game and be a little bit better day over day. And so, man, thank you for your time. And, and I wish you nothing but the best here moving forwards.
for other gym owners to be able to learn from each other. Uh, like you said, it is important for us to kind of, you know, feed off what each other is doing, um, especially if someone has found success in something. And so I'm very encouraged that guys John, that's why I was open to doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And so my man, thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.